Welcome to the Remarkable Branding Podcast, the podcast designed to spark ideas on how to launch, grow, or scale your business. We're your hosts, Heather Murphy and Amin Ahmed. So over the last few weeks, we've talked about some of the evolution of branding, and today we're going to be talking about how to implement some of those strategies with one of our favorite strategies, and that's storytelling. So we've been doing a lot of different storytelling while we've talked about different brands and what that really falls under the category of an online marketing is content marketing. So one of the first content marketers was John Deere. And could you tell us a little bit about your experience with John Deere? Absolutely. Storytelling is one of those things that it just brings things to life. So if you're on social media or if you're at a party and you're talking to somebody, the opposite of a story is an anecdote, right? Where somebody's just telling you the facts and that can get boring really fast. But if you wrap it up in a story, everything comes to life and it just feels a lot better. John Deere, as you mentioned, Heather, is one of the original storytellers as a form of marketing. And I remember reading some articles and even in some books and some case studies about how John Deere would send out a magazine and they would share information. They weren't selling it. It wasn't a catalog of their products, but they were sharing information for farmers and for others that use their products on how to get things done. And that became something that lasted all the way till now. They still publish this magazine. So storytelling is really important. And we've got a framework that we use when we're telling stories in order to help put this together. Anytime you have something that's abstract, it's nice to have structure to it. So Heather, do you want to hear the storytelling framework? I'd love to hear the storytelling framework. I always forget these things. I need to write it down. So while you're talking, I'm going to take notes. Well, I took a course from Seth Godin about storytelling. And I think the way they had it structured was four or five C's. And when it's the same letter, it's really difficult to remember the order and even the, the actual word itself. And so I took that and broke it down. And with our kids, we actually re- wrote it as story, S-T-O-R-Y. And so the way it works is that every story begins with a scene, whether you're watching a Star Wars movie or you're watching Harry Potter or whatever it is, it starts with the scene. And sometimes that can be a little bit boring because there's not a whole lot of depth there. It's just more setting up what the rest of the story is going to be about. After the scene is set up, that's when something happens. So the T is thing that happens. And usually it's you know, a car crash or somebody breaks through this, you know, window or there's something scary that happens. And that's the thing that happens. Then there's the O. So the hero of the story, you've understood the scene, something happened to the hero. And now there's an obstacle that this hero has to overcome. Maybe it's jumping out of an airplane, who knows? After the obstacle, then you've got your R, S-T-O-R. Once they've overcome that obstacle, there's this new realization. And they're like, oh, okay, well, I'm a wizard in, in, the, in the sense of Harry Potter. Or if you're talking about Star Wars, you know, Anakin realizes that, oh, he's got all this power. And that's your realization. And at the very end, the why, this was tricky for us because other than Yoda, yogurt, and yoga, it's hard to find other words for that. So what we did is we just said, your new self. And this is the transformation that's occurred. And that's what really wraps up a good story. When you watch a movie that doesn't follow this framework, and almost all movies do, especially Hollywood movies, when you watch any movie that doesn't follow this, at the end, you're sort of left empty. It doesn't feel like there, you know, there's not that, that, that good feeling at the end. But if you follow that, at the end, you feel like you've been part of this story and you're part of the character, the hero's journey. And at the end, it's like, oh, well, maybe I can do this too, because there's this realization of a new self. I really love that. You know, in a past life, I used to be a teacher. 
<laughs> and one of the things that I did when I was teaching grade five, how to write stories is have that problem for the character. Your story map makes it really clear. I would just say, you know, that you have a character with a goal and on their journey to get that goal, we're going to create a problem and then we're going to create another problem and then mm -hmm. we're going to create another problem. And then it kind of creates this comedy story. Like, for example, one of the stories I used was a cat who wanted to make an omelet but then he has these eggs that hatch and then the eggs, you know, think that he's their mother. And then, you know, like it's just problem after problem after problem on his goal to getting an omelet. And at the end, I don't think he does actually get his omelet, but he becomes his new right. self. And so for storytelling with our clients, you know, with John Deere, I think that they use content marketing really brilliantly because they're thinking about the client's challenge and they're thinking about that journey from, you know, or getting to our goal. And then they're speaking to that. So I mean, can you kind of explain why you think it's so important that brands today are providing helpful content and not just promotional content? Yeah, I think we've been oversold to and everywhere you go, there's marketing messages and some do it well, some do it really poorly where it's just buy, buy, buy. And nobody wants to hear that. We've just become tired of that. And so stories are a way for a brand to be able to build trust with the audience. Now, I'll give you an example on Instagram. There's a really cool account. It's called Tentsile, T-E-N-T-S-I-L-E. -E, and they're kind of playing on the word tensile. And tensile is, is the strength when you pull something. So this tent actually suspends. It's like it's a suspended tent over ground or water or wherever you have. And it's across three trees and it hangs there. And it's really cool because their entire Instagram account is just showing images of how the tent is being used, other people showing how you set it up, how you get in and out. That's one question that I keep by getting asked is like, well, if it's suspended over water, how do you get into it or how do you get out of it? Right. And, and that leads to story. And so you hear the stories about that. Once you have a story and you actually resonate with it, that builds trust. And when you have trust, it's really easy to go and buy something because now you don't have to question whether or not this is a brand that first you resonate with, first that represents your values and your ethics. And that is what allows you to purchase something easily without regret. So if you're, if you're thinking about telling stories or integrating content marketing into your current marketing strategy, there's three questions that you can consider to help you make sure that your content is not just helpful, but it's helpful in terms of a strategy, which at the end of the day will get you sales. And that's thinking about your, your prospects as a community and the kind of community you want to create. So the kind of people you want to have around you, thinking about your customer persona, when it comes to customer persona, the next question is thinking who belongs in this community? Who is that person that you want to speak to? And what are the kinds of obstacles they're facing in their day when they're, when they're on their story journey, what kind of scene are they in? What kind of thing happens that might be an impetus for them to reach out to you? What kind of obstacle might they be facing and what kind of realization do you want to have? Yeah, what I'm going to interrupt you there for one second. I mentioned Seth Godin earlier, and when I was in the course, he would often say, people like us do things like this. And mm -hmm. when you're part of a community, it's people like us that do things like this. For example, if like me, if you like electronic music, well, people like us will travel far away, spend a lot of money to go and watch a DJ. But mm -hmm. you know, if you're into concerts or watching movies, you're not necessarily going to do that. And you're not one of us. And that's, that's where community is really strong because you resonate with people like us. Yeah. And that's so important, isn't it? We tell our clients all the time to niche down and to, you know, that everybody isn't your ideal client. So how does that people like us think with that creating your ideal client persona, do you think, Amin? 
well, I think a brand, if you look at a brand as a, as a persona in itself, Walmart attracts Walmart customers, whereas something higher end will attract higher end customers, right? It's like you don't go to Harry Rosen to buy, you know, a, a cheap shirt, right? You don't go to Walmart to buy an expensive suit. And so those are the kinds of things where people like us do things like this. And if you think about your brand, are you trying to attract one type of audience versus another? Are you trying to attract, you know, a Porsche buyer or a Hyundai buyer? So mm -hmm. I think that it's really important that your community also feels safe amongst each other. Yeah. So once you kind of get over that fear of niching down and you think about the people like us mm -hmm. do things like this, then you can kind of start to look at different ways to connect with people like us, right? So think about some different ways you're going to connect with them. Where are they online? For example, a lot of my clients used to be on Facebook and a lot of Amin's clients were on Instagram. So now that we've come together, we have to kind of decide like, what is the, what is the people like us? Where are they online and how do we really connect with them? And so that's the next challenge. So the, that's the third question I have for you. But earlier in this episode, we talked a little bit about John Deere and how they were one of the masters of content marketing. And just another quick thing about John Deere is uh, they created a lot of ch children's toys. And creating children's toys, I think, is one of the most genius things a company like that can do. Because as children grow up, connecting to these toys when they are adults, that nostalgia is what's going to drive them to buy. And so there's a psychological component there, too, that is so genius about their marketing strategy. And we're going to be talking about that in our next episode. We're going to talk about some psychological principles that are going to help you to implement these strategies and engage the subconscious mind. I'm looking forward to it. And just like having a framework for story. I know Heather, you're going to talk a little about a framework for how to understand the psychology of branding and marketing. Yes, absolutely. And it might feel ma manipulative, but it's just science. Absolutely. Well, this was really fun, Heather. I'm glad we had a chance to talk about this. I'm looking forward to our next episode. And thank you again for listening to our show. And we'll see you next time. If you're looking for more great Remarkable tips, you can find us online at RemarkableBranding.com or engage with us on social media. We'd love to hear what you have to say.